Hello, Wonder Keepers. Welcome to Cositas by Wonder Keeper. This is your host, Priscilla Velez. And I am so honored that I get to share this deep conversation with you, with my beloved sister and dear friend, my heart, soul friend, Melody Gonzalez. Melody, well, I'm going to share some some more about her in the following intro. So this is the meta intro because this episode was recorded in 2020. And even the intro that follows this intro was recorded in 2020. So before we jump into that, I wanted to share a quick update because this magical human that I get to interview in this conversation has only grown and continued to transform all of these beautiful gifts that she has and shine in the world within more platforms, including just recently that she performed as a dancer together with Bad Bunny in the Grammys. She was one of the dancers that introduced the Grammys together with Bad Bunny and their amazing crew of pleneros, people that played uh, one of the traditional forms of music from Puerto Rico, plena, and then later merengue and all kinds of fun. So if you haven't watched that yet, make sure that you watch the intro to the Grammys. And so a lot has happened since then, but it's just been building on this foundation, which is all the love and healing that we talk about within this combo, which happened to happen at the beginning of the pandemic. So you'll hear a little bit of of that time lapse when you hear us talk about the times and how we're feeling. And I've also changed and transformed and grown. Maybe you'll hear my baby in the background at this moment playing around. So I've become a mother and so much more has happened to all of us. You beloved listener probably think about your life three years ago and your life now and can also sense that growth and that transformation. So I wanted to give this intro before the intro, this meta intro, just to share that our interviewee Melody continues to do all of these fabulous things that she shares in this conversation, but just within more platforms. She's continued sharing the Selena tributes in more and more spaces, the ones that she'll talk about in the conversation. And she's continuing to continues to expand and to perform and to share her beauty and uh, her interpretation, her dance, her music with the world. So without further ado, my friends, this is my conversation with Melody Gonzalez, and I'll follow that up with my intro made in 2020. <laughs> Much love. Thank you for coming. And remember to subscribe to Cositas by Wonder Keeper. Hello, my friends. How are you doing? Today, I am sharing a very special interview with my dear soul sister, Melody Gonzalez. Melo is an interpreter and translator at Guanitenoli and the co-founder of Peace Inside Out, where her and her life partner, Hector, facilitate community spaces for healing, art sharing, music, restoration, and so much more. She's a dancer, a doula, a birth worker, and a mother to her son, Tonali. 
I have been touched by her life and I am so grateful for this time in which we were able to talk about the power of dance. We talked about how to water seeds of joy in our lives, especially now during this quarantine season, esta cuarentena. We talked Selenas, Brazil, Samba, Bomba from Puerto Rico, the importance of living in our flow and how we are taking care of ourselves. I first met Melody at Florida, which is the home of the movement for fair food and the coalition of Immokalee workers, and her friendship has become a light in my life. So I hope that you may enjoy this convo because I really love every time I get to talk with Melody. Les presento, I present to you, Melody Gonzalez in our Art and Being interview. Hi, Bella. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. You sound so peaceful. And I hear I, just now I was hearing like the water behind you. I get rico. See, feels good to be in the water. <laughs> Can you describe uh, for the listeners where you're at right now? Yeah, so it's early in the morning here in California, and I decided to make some warm tea. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of want to just be like in a really relaxed, you know, place. And we don't have the most relaxing couch or anything like that. So I was like, I'm just going to get in a bath. <laughs> and I have some Epsom salts. Um, a little uh, package, the bath salts that are uh, actually a friend that I was just her doula for gifted me. And Hector bought some white roses yesterday. So I just put the bath salts in, the rose, some of the rose petals and lit some candles. So I'm here in, in my bathtub. <laughs> and I feel like that's a perfect way to introduce you, Melo. Um, cause I feel like that's your essence right now, <laughs> right now. This is Melo. <laughs> Melo, I feel like you're like a calming, beautiful energy, but you're that energy when you're still, when you're meditating, when you're in the bath with rose petals all around you, like a goddess <laughs> that you are. And you're also the queen of movement mm. <laughs> so we'll get into that but um but yeah do you want to share some things that that you love and things that make you come alive and what your what yeah what your life looks like right now <laughs> well things that make me wow that's a really interesting question things that make me come alive There's so many things um but Definitely. I know we're going to be talking a lot about dance and music, so I'll save that mm -hmm. for for that conversation so we can, you know, go in deeper with that. But um, I think the ocean is something that makes me come alive. And I'm feeling mm -hmm. so grateful right now to be living so close to the ocean. We moved 
about a year ago, um, last April. And it's been such a blessing to just be so near the, you know, so close to the ocean, be able to see the ocean from our street, be able to walk to the ocean. Um, I've been just, you know, so grateful for that and don't, don't take it for granted. And I think back to all the challenging things we went through before moving over here, that whole year, just how, you know, how difficult it was. Um, so now to be here and be able to, um, to feel the ocean's energy has been a huge, a huge blessing. And as far as what I do, well, I'm, I'm an interpreter translator full time. And that's something that makes me come to life, you know, being able to be a bridge, a, being able to provide access and language justice um, to people so that people have the opportunity to express themselves and create and dream and question and challenge and build in the language that they mm -hmm. feel most comfortable in, right? And I, you know, I had been doing that for so long, but it wasn't until um, six, what is it now, four years? Four years ago that I, I finally um, left my previous job and decided to do this, this work full time now. And it was through a conversation with a coach you know, who helped me when, um, you know, his question was similar to your question, because his question to me was, what are moments where you feel like you're in flow, like time stops and you're just like flowing in your element and things feel, you know, maybe it's still challenging and, and you know, whatever, but you just, you just flow. It just feels good. And I remember talking to him about it, uh, talking to him about dance, of course, but also talking to him about interpreting and translating. And, you know, he, it was also a phone conversation, but he could hear in my voice, you know, just the excitement and, and he, mm -hmm. and I remember him just saying, you know, something to think about to consider, you know, because what is it that you want to, you know, obviously throughout our lives, we go through different phases and sometimes we change careers and different things, but you know, it's important to aspire to do those things where you are in flow, right? Where you really <laughs> come alive. Um, so I feel really blessed, you know, to now do that work full time and to continue to develop in that, um, in that field and, and then share it with other people. Uh, so that, and then, you know, obviously being, being a mother, <laughs> mm -hmm. is the, um, yeah, especially right now, you know, as challenging as it is, one of the blessings is, you know, to be, to be at home and, and, and witness, um, my son's magic and, and, and creativity. And there've been a lot of moments where I've been able to just surrender and take his lead and it's hmm. been really beautiful to, it's so funny because now that you say it, what makes it come to life? Yes, yesterday, well, this week, we, we've been doing a lot of magic because he's really into magic right now. And so we'll watch videos and learn new magic tricks. And um, so I, he let me this time, like, be the one to watch how you do the trick. And then I perform them for him without him knowing how the trick works. And he had so much, nice. so much fun because usually he's the one teaching me, you know, he'll show me a trick and then show me um, he and Hector because they're always learning new tricks. And so this time it was me 
And um, so a friend, um, a mom that I, I used to work with at a, one of the first schools where I taught my, um, my Sumba class 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, she commented on my story because there was, you know, I put some stories with the magic tricks and there was one where I'm doing two of the tricks. And she said, um, wow, Melody dice, eres un estuche de monerías, dice, hasta maga no, <laughs> hasta maga no saliste. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, that's all, you know, Tonali's influence. Like, you know, I've never been like someone that's like. Espérate, espérate, una estuche de monerías. Sí, un estuche de monerías. <laughs> What, what does that mean? That's like kind of like in English, it would be like a jack of all trades, you know, someone that yes. has like all these different talents and gifts. <laughs> <laughs> so she was like, hasta that's ma you. Hasta maga no saliste. Like you're even, even a magician. Like, <laughs> and I was laughing, but it was more, you know, but I was like, no, this is all Panali's influence, just like following his lead. Mm. But it's funny because in those videos, like, I did come to life, you know, I, I totally went into the role of magician to perform these tricks for him because it's something he really enjoys. And so I was just flowing with it. Right. Um, so even though magic's not like my thing, it's it's his thing. Right. It's it's what he enjoys. But when we surrender to, to something mm -hmm. new and try it, like we also can go into that flow state or really, you know, feeling like we're living you know, our, our mm -hmm. highest self It's just because we're in that moment, you know, and, and, and yeah, and, and surrendering to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love, I love that you're talking about like doing the, the magic tricks and, and following Tonali's lead because um, I know during different trips and moments that we've met in Immokalee and in, in other places when we've been, um, doing organizing work with the coalition of Makali workers mm -hmm. you when you talk about tonali it's like this beautiful light this beautiful um human you know that's your son mm -hmm. but he has such different interest in some in some areas right mm -hmm. than you and because yes. he's like a mathematician yeah. and he likes the world of numbers and yeah. you shared and i know that you and Hector are very much you know uh word people and musicians yes dancers. yeah the but, arts and letters and he's all the math and sciences yeah <laughs> and and i love it because i feel like it's easy to talk about flow when it's like oh i created this scenario i'm i'm gonna flow um in doing what I love to do, right? Mm. But I think what you're saying is like, no, when you have, for example, when you have children, <laughs> which I know nothing about, but once when you have children, I mean, no hay de otra. You just gotta flow with with this human being that's that's yeah. there, that's that's another human being. And I love how you're talking about flow, not only as you know, you you talk about interpretation and dancing and all these beautiful things that you do. But now it's like being present and able to put yourself in roles that you would have never imagined before. Absolutely. And that's, that's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's been a huge lesson, you know, because I think as parents, sometimes we're hoping that our children are going to, you know, enjoy some of the things that we we enjoy, you know, like, for example, languages, you know, like I love languages. Right. And language is an area that's a struggle for my son. Right. Like 
even though mm. he started um, all of his preschool years and you know, all his early education and like immersed in Spanish and only speaking to him in Spanish, like he's not as strong, you know, as like I would want him to be or the way I grew up, you know, being fully bilingual. And I've had to, again, like surrender to that, that that's not his strength, but he has all these other like amazing strengths that like blow my mind you know and then we've been able to you know obviously language is still important and um developing those areas because as his as his parents as his guides were still there to you know to support him to be uh you know full human being so it's been fun to when we were when we're able to surrender and take his lead and then introduce something like writing or reading it's like when we um, mm-hmm. when we first did our, our first magic show, the three of us, we called it the Bodymax magic show. And we recorded ourselves, the three of us doing magic tricks. He wrote this huge paragraph, like that he had never written that much. He, every time we get him to write, it's such a struggle, wow. it's such a struggle to get him to complete the sentence, go on to the next one. And he wrote this whole paragraph. It was so, it was so beautiful. And it was just a reminder that, when we we can surrender and take that lead then you know that's where that's where the magic <laughs> happens right mm-hmm. um, I love it and I think that's that's what you and and what Hector also like you guys talk about that a lot and and your work is about that too because when you talk about um, and we'll talk a little bit more about peace inside out but Um, when you talk about meditation and all these tools that you offer to to the community right mm-hmm. it's like it's about flowing and and being present in in any situation and I love to see that in you as a mother and with Donali I think it's so beautiful <laughs> and and I grow a lot by watching it for sure Gracias. I have loved being a part of your Zumba and meditation class. Um, I've I've loved doing the Bomba class with you. And we've had really interesting conversations about dance mm-hmm. where you've like, because it's one thing to to be in the moment, but then the beautiful thing about words and as a person that loves words and loves storytelling, it's like, It's not only the moment, but it's also after the moment when you get to relive it mm. through sharing your stories and through journaling or through through moments like these when we get to remember and and experience those memories mm-hmm. in our bodies, right? Yeah. And I I think that I have always been curious about your experience in Brazil mm. because when I I've asked you about it before when. I know specifically like a few years ago, I made Brazilian friends and I started working with Brazilians. Um, beautiful Brasileiros here in, in the Tampa <laughs> Bay area where I live. And I started just becoming, it was like something clicked in me because I, I had Brazilian friends before um, in Puerto Rico. I went to a church where the the woman like the lead pastor was was Puerto Rican and then the man was Brazilian mm. and they they were married and he would preach um and I love him so much he's still like he's like a big teddy bear and <laughs> ella era como la you know like that strong Puerto Rican like leader and then he was more like 
like this teddy bear figure and this like beautiful <laughs> generous soul and he would he would um preach in portuñol and yeah. a lot of us didn't understand him mm-hmm. <laughs> but then we were like amen <laughs> oh, and it was just such a love and respect for him because he was just like the soul of the church mm-hmm. and he actually they actually went to to Oscar's and my wedding mm. um cuz they're like yeah they're beautiful people but um i i had brazilians in my life never really thought much about learning portuguese but then i made these friends and i decided and i and i felt like i just was so marveled by this culture and uh listening to to samba artists and and watching movies about mm-hmm. brazil i'm like ah oh, i love this and then i remembered that you had spent time there and that you're a samba queen and that you speak portuguese <laughs> and i was like i mean you really are eres una caja llena de sorpresa because it's like i it's it's like i talk to you and i'm like wow there's this other thing that you do and and this other beautiful layer to who melody gonzales is and i remember asking you one time like can you talk to me about that mm-hmm. and not only did i ask you about that but i remember that <laughs> during that trip i think we were in new york mm-hmm. um and and i remember telling you like let's practice portuguese and i was i was just beginning and we were having all these conversations in portuguese yes. while you were talking to me in brazil and it just ooh that felt good in my body i don't know that that was just beautiful yes i remember um, that <laughs> <laughs> so um oh man i i just want to hear you mm-hmm. um share a little bit like help help me feel transported to that moment mm. or those moments that that you feel um were so precious to you and um you felt like you were in your flow you felt like you were just in community and and what was that like when you were dancing samba yes you know it's it's, it's interesting because i woke up this morning thinking about that right because last night when you were, were when you sent me the audio and the, just some of the questions and reflections you know, obviously I, I transported myself to that, to that moment, that place, right? Mm. And that about what I would share. But then this morning, I actually thought about things that led up to that, the before, because I think, you know, just like you said, like these moments of like dance and joy, it's like you're in the moment, in that present moment, but there's so much more that comes after, right? As far as reflection and connections you make but then there's also the before right like what led to that to that moment and it's really interesting because um my very first year when I went away um to college I I went to the University of Notre Dame so I I left home you know I went really far you know to South Bend Indiana I had never been in a place like that in my life I was complete culture shock And mm-hmm. I became very depressed, you know, a few months into being there so far, especially as soon as the winter came, because I had never experienced, you know, what snow was like and ice and slipping on ice and just just the coldness and, you know, having to stay indoors and, and just the challenge of, you know, and then 9-11 happened as soon as I got there. And so politically to the um the energy was just really really draining and i was really struggling i was really really struggling and even though i was meeting all these great people and i was doing a lot of you know things to connect me to um to my culture and you know i was i was in the spanish mass choir and 
the ballet I joined the ballet folklorico and you know it was um the a group called La Alianza so I was trying to stay active but it was hard it was really hard and in February around carnaval time they had an event at the university they had a, a carnaval event and they brought this group from Chicago called Chicago Samba and they came and you know the women were in their um their carnaval outfits and it, they had the the drums and everything and I went with some friends we had so much fun there's pictures of me we went a few of us went up on the stage the dancers brought us up on the stage to dance with them and i had never danced samba in my life and it was like i mean mm. we were drenched in sweat and this was like winter mm. right it was so cold but we were drenched in sweat like they literally transported us to brazil and there was an information table there about the new study abroad program to brazil it was brand new and that was the moment when it was the funnest night that whole year and that was the moment when i said i want to learn portuguese and i want to go study abroad in brazil wow because i had such a, a a fun night and and it was just like this just so much joy and being there with my friends and it was like i was just so mesmerized by the music and the color and just the joy and after all these months of feeling so depressed and insecure and wondering like you know should i transfer to another university and you know then after that that day you know it's still i still can it still continued i was still you know pretty sad and but i i went into my sophomore year and I was taking the portuguese classes and getting ready to go study abroad and i remember my mom being very supportive and you know she said if you come back if you transfer it's not a failure it's okay you know but just try to finish out the year the second year and see and see what happens well by the time i finished out the second year i was getting ready to go study abroad in brazil so i said you know what i i think i can do this i can i'm really excited about going to brazil and then when i come back i only have a year and a half left so and then by then you know I was becoming even more active and then the other thing that happened was that I went to Immokalee right before going to Brazil and that mm. completely transformed my experience because going to Immokalee was I realized that this university experience was not just in the classroom it was going to be all the experiences outside of the classroom too and mm. the way Immokalee shaped my my consciousness and inspired me um when i came back to campus that spring and when i so i went in the in spring break of that sophomore year um it was 2003 so right before going to brazil so it in in it 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 affected to my experience in brazil and what i wanted to study in brazil and how i i i took the time in brazil to learn about some of the social movements there like visiting the landless workers movement and connecting with like student activists in Brazil um so anyway so I, I go to Brazil and you know I'm I'm still struggling in the sense that you know I'm I'm far and I'm now even further away from my family right and the language is even though like you said you, you know like the with the pastor portuño there were things you you all didn't understand right and so now being fully yeah. immersed in portuguese I was like whoa like this is this is hard right um and also just feeling you know being in, in Rio de Janeiro first and in Sao Paulo these huge cities and just the level of um, sadly the level of violence um mm -hmm. that was happening at the time and 
just not always feeling safe, but but still like trying to just like live the experience, right? But at the same time, feeling a lot of ins- so by this point, I had a lot of insecurities about my body. I had gained mm-hmm. I had gained so much weight when I got to Notre Dame. You know, partly being depressed in the winter. You know, the freshman fifteen. No, no. I mean, but but I mean, for your grown-ups, freshman forty. No sé. Pero I, I I gained a lot of weight, and I was just you know feeling. I hadn't had a relationship. I had you know a lot of like crushes and things, but it was never mm-hmm. reciprocated. So I was like you know struggling with those kind of insecurities and and things like that. Which which I need to make a entre parentheses. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's transformation. What is the day? Transformation Monday because you're the mommy primordial. I mean, there's no one as like, eh, tú, tú eres la reina ahí arriba. And Hector, Hector's going to listen. He's going to be like, amen. Sí, but it wasn't always like that. I was... Um, you didn't always see yourself no, that way. No, yeah. I, was, I was really insecure. And had and had like a, just a lot of shame around my body, and um, and just you know not feeling pretty or you know things like that. You know yeah. when when uno está joven, right? And you're there's like so much pressure around that. Like, mm-hmm. and I was just very very insecure. And then being in Brazil with all these like I mean all these gorgeous people right around me. And of course, Brazilians come in all sizes and shades and, you know, but just mm-hmm. really beautiful people. I was able to see the beauty in all these people, right? But it, it was really hard to see it in myself. And, um, but it's the, but, you know, Brazil is just amazing. The people are, I mean, it's, I know it's hard to generalize like an entire population, but it's just like in general, the people are so warm and so, and they are so full of joy and, um, and so in the in the process, you know, I started to feel more and more more and more comfortable, right? And started to go out a little bit more and just experience and take advantage of being of being there to to just learn and absorb. And it wasn't until towards the end of my time there, I had a good friend who she had actually studied abroad at my university the semester before. So I already knew her when I got there. And she was so fun and just so such a smart person. And um, she took me to this place. Um, so in, in Sao Paulo, you know, there a lot of the, each neighborhood, there's a lot of neighborhoods that have like their own um, peculiarities. And so she took me to Villa Magdalena, which is known as like kind of like the hip, kind of like what we would consider now like the hipster, like just very like chic, like just a cool spot, like a lot of bars, a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. And there is this place, the Sao Cristobal, and it's a bar restaurant and they have live music, but especially samba. And so she took me one day early mm-hmm. um, and I think it was like on a Sunday afternoon. And so we went to hear live samba. And then, you know, people started to get up and dance and there's, there's not really like a dance floor. People just move tables out of the way or they dance in between the tables, but we just started dancing right by the drums. And it was so incredible because, you know, in, in Samba, you can, there is like a, you can dance with a partner. There are some, you know, like Afieda and things, you know, that you can dance with a partner, but Samba is really like an individual, individual but collective, right? Because everyone is 
dancing together, but it's like you're dancing on your own and people turn and you might make a connection with somebody and then you turn and you dance with somebody else or you just dance mm -hmm. on your own or you're just focused on the on the on the drummers and um I I felt so so free like I was so, I just felt like like the movement of the hips the fast so the fast footwork but really right the focus is always the the, the womb area the hips right and to move the hips like with that velocity and that sensuality felt mm. really free like I hadn't I, I mean I by that point um so one thing you know again with the before like I used to be pretty insecure about dancing because growing up I loved music but I was very stiff I, I had a hard time moving my hips And I had aunts that would make fun of me, like at family parties, They're like, ah, tú no sabes bailar, mira que pieza, you know, like just you're so stiff. And I would ask, I would cry and I would ask my mom, like, teach me, because my mom loves to dance, because she dances like cumbia and, and rock and roll, that was her thing growing up, and like mm -hmm. disco music. And I would ask her, like, teach me cumbias. And so she would teach me. So I learned all the turns and things like that. But I still didn't know how to move my hips. Like I could, my mom dances mm. cumbia more like rock and roll, you know, it's so fast and turns, but not so much hip movement. So I didn't know. And it, when I got to Nerdame, you know, with friends, starting to learn a little, introduced to, being introduced to bachata and salsa, rhythms I hadn't danced before, you know, growing up in Southern California, like, I didn't know what bachata was. I, I never really listened to salsa. So was, I was starting to be exposed to new rhythms, but still like in that learning phase, right? And so, but yeah. but samba like did something to me that I hadn't experienced with any other dance. Like, wow, I just felt like what free, like what, I was like, if this, if, you know, this is freedom. This, if, you know, if there's a way to describe freedom, this is it. Because that's how I yes. felt. I felt so free and so alive and so just full of like joy, you know? Um, and so I, I loved that experience so, so much that before I left um, Brazil, like that was one of the last places I went to. I asked my friend Maria, I was like, I really want to go to San Cristobal and Samba before I get on a plane. Like that's, you know, my last wish here before I leave. And I got to, I got to do that again and came back and, you know, continued to learn. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the dancers from that group, Chicago Samba, um, she would teach like a, a Brazilian ashe like fitness class. And that was my first experience with like dance fitness. And it was, you know, her class. So learning all these ashe and samba songs, um, you know, a lot of the ashe songs have like really cute choreographed movements. We've done some in my class where I like the Olia Onda with the, with the mm -hmm. shark and everything. So a lot of like, you know, cute movements. Um, so I kept doing that um, and, you know, continued to dance other types of music, but samba just, I'm so grateful to what it did to me that first time, you know? And because from there, I think I started to feel a lot more comfortable in my body and like wanting to learn more, you know, about dance. So that by the time I got to Imokali and, you know, two years later in 2005, like I love dance so much that, you know, mm -hmm. I was dancing constantly, you know, in the actions we would always, I was always the first one to start dancing or kind of like you are, 
you know, like when I met <laughs> you, I was like, oh yeah, she reminds me of me when I when I first started got involved, you know. Melo, and when as you share your story of growing up, I'm like, this is crazy because I I never knew that you were actually. I remember in Immokalee talking to your mom one time mm -hmm. when one time that you had your parents there with you and she was talking about how you've always loved dance since you were a little girl so I think I I had never heard the story of you being <laughs> you know all all dance because I was like that I mean mm. I gotta show you pictures of myself when I when I was younger I was like I had these little round Harry Potter glasses mm -hmm. and I lived in Puerto Rico and I was like you know como que como de toda mi familia and like from all my friends la más blanquita la más güerita so they were always like ah la americana no mm -hmm. sabe bailar mm -hmm. <laughs> So, so it's so funny because I, I, I feel that so much how I, I grew up going to all these social events. I mean, my parents met through music, which mm. is another story. They're both musicians and they met like in el festival del merengue at wow. church, right? So they're both musicians. My dad, I mean, es un loco, but like the most, like he's a beautiful person. I love him so much, but he's like, he will be anywhere. If there's mariachis, he'll say like, <laughs> déjame cantar una canción. And he has no chill, like super high confidence. And I always saw myself as like the shy one in the family. Mm. And when I, when I left um, Puerto Rico, I went to college in, in Lakeland, Florida. Um, I remember then having like this, It's interesting how, how we interact with, like, um, identity when we change location. Completely. Because, right? When I was there, all of a sudden, I had an accent. And all of a sudden, mm. I was, like, from another place. But I kind of started to, I started to embrace it. And I was, like, uh, maybe because I was, like, you know, the shy the shy girl with the really like <laughs> tight hips and no sabia bailar salsa and all the parties. Um, and, and I remember like in college in my freshman year, um, just like dancing and like moving around a little mm -hmm. bit and my friends being like, you dance so good. Wow. Look at how you move. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I guess, I guess I do know how to dance. I guess, you know? Yeah. And then um, little by little, I, I just think I resonate so much with your story. Also being in Immokalee and, people just dancing freely and it also not being like a very like gendered way of dancing like mm. just dancing in a circle mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. with a bunch of like a bunch of women because at the time um the alliance for fair food were like all women <laughs> so so we would just dance in a circle and just have a good time together and there was no like it wasn't this big ego thing no. that I had witnessed and and I just uh you say all that story and I'm like yes dance is freedom and I'm so happy that we both had those experiences. Absolutely. So. And, 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 you know, and it would, it was, I, I realized, you know, like exactly when you look back, you know, and, and you see that transformation or, and then I start, I start to see how dance played such a critical role in like really challenging times, right? Being at Nerdy, far away from my family, feeling a lot of guilt for leaving so far. They were going through so much when I left, so, so much. You know, like, um, you know, eight years after my sister's death, but then just all these, like, things that were happening at home and feeling like I ran away in some way. So that was really mm -hmm. hard, you know, but dance was like that. And then being in Brazil and the challenges of feeling like 
you know, I'm not from here and this is a new place and it's a lot scarier than I thought it would be. And, um, and then going to Imokali and like the challenges there, of like so much to do working seven days a week and just, you know, again, mm-hmm. being away from my family and then having some challenges with like relationship stuff and still like, you know, insecurities, but dance being that one thing that felt just like a sanctuary. Like it was like my happy place. Like I remember working on the, um, well, two story, two quick stories. One, like with, with the McDonald's campaign, which was in Chicago, mm-hmm. in Chicago. Actually, this is going to be a longer story because there's several layers to it. But right. the, the McDonald's <laughs> campaign, it, by that point, so Zumba, which was created by Beto Perez in Colombia. That's another amazing story how that was created. But I, um, I had bought his DVD. He's like one of his first DVDs. And I would like, it was a DVD, DVD set and I would do Zumba, you know, in the living room of the guest house. So when I went to Chicago to be part of the organizing team for the McDonald's campaign, I took them with me and um, Julia from CIW and I, we were like staying in this little basement that we called the dungeon. It was so dark and small and there was Dang. a tiny, tiny, tiny little, like it was two rooms and then in between there's a tiny little space and she and I would get up like at five in the morning to do the Sumba DVD. Um, and it was just like this thing that she and I did just to like get ourselves energized for the day. And, you know, and we were both trying to lose some weight and be healthier and things like that. And so we would do the Sumba DVDs. And Chicago was also where I first got introduced to Bomba, right? And it's where I met Hector. Um, because, you know, Hector had just moved from the, from the Bronx to Chicago and immediately he got real involved with the Bomba community, with the Plena community. And he learned that we were in town, you know, organizing and he wanted to get involved and bring music and street theater to, you know, um, to contribute to the campaign. And he took us to, he invited us to an event where they had Bomba. It was at this place called the White Hair. And for him, that's his first memory of how we met. I, I always tease him. I was like, no, we met at an organizing meeting first. And then you invited us to the white hair. He's like, no, no, I met you at the white hair. But, <laughs> uh, and that's where I told you that. He says I was in the back of the room. He's like, you were like this beautiful eagle, like standing in the back of the room. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, I got to see Bomba for the first time. And I was blown away because when that mm-hmm. first dancer went up to dance, and as you know, in Bomba, different than any other type of uh, music genre instead of the dancer following the music the lead drummer interprets the dance movements that we get this of the of the bomba dancer and when i saw that i was like whoa like she has the power right here she's mm-hmm. created and as someone who already played music you know i played was starting to learn some harocho i played the guitar and i love you know i love music like music too and, and was in the mariachi and things like that. I, I was like, oh, she's creating the music with her body, like through her dance. And like, she's doing it with all this like strength and power and dignity. And I was just like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Like, I want to learn that, <laughs> you know, like I want to experience mm-hmm. that. Um, and then, so so that's, you know, where my introduction to, 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 to Bomba was. 
And then in Miami, when we were working on the Burger King campaign, Miami was the place where, you know, obviously Miami has so much music, such a dance, like a club clubbing scene. I remember like, <laughs> it was so crazy sometimes. <laughs> Yo me iba a bailar a veces. And sometimes I take like Cruz or someone with me from the CIW or sometimes I just go by myself because everyone was so tired. And I, I would you know the clubs in Miami closed like at five in the morning so I would yeah. go till 5 a.m and then be up by seven to go to a church to interpret for one of the CNW members at a you know wow. at, the, at the eight o'clock service or something and but it was so much fun I just I was I would love dancing with like the the elders that like especially the Cuban mm. and Puerto Rican elders because I felt yeah. like they were the most fun to dance with because those are my favorite. They wouldn't do a lot of spins, you know, but it was just so much sabor when they danced. Mm. They, they they just enjoyed it. So they danced in place, yes, with yeah. so much sabor. And so I would I would just love dancing with them, and I would like see their expressions, and then like I you know just create my own expressions and just like really enjoy it so I think about like all these like and it wasn't e again it wasn't easy times I was going through a lot of inner struggles inner insecurities and shame and guilt and all these things but like dance was like and it wasn't a way an escape right it was an escape mm. from the work it was from the stress from you know let me just be be free it wasn't until you know, many years later that I, you know, I started to do that work, the internal work. And then that's when my, my dance started to transform too, I noticed, because it was no longer mm -hmm. just an escape anymore, because now it's actually intentional. And now mm -hmm. I was doing, because Hector and I talk about this a lot, you know, it can be very easy to say like, oh yeah, these are the things I do that make me feel good. And you know, I, I practice, you know, and I'm someone that's like a high achiever. So if I get into something, you know, like when I was in my running phase, like, oh, and now I'm going to run eight miles. Oh, I'm going to, you know, and, and, and it felt good, but I wasn't doing the internal work to address like yep. where the shame was coming from, where this guilt was coming from, all these insecurities. It was still just like an escape, right? From that. Mm -hmm. And I and I felt so comfortable doing that. That was so easy for me because that's the way that I that's the way that I um I worked with my sister's death by escaping and let me just do 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 and let me get all these awards and honors and let me let me write a, a speech that's gonna get an award or let me let me be the president of my high school let me do you know all these things in the community and just all these things that felt good you know it, mm -hmm. and I met a lot of wonderful people through it but it was there was still like a huge avoidance happening you know that didn't come till much later and so dance you know for me like those first experiences of like feeling free and joy like I'm so grateful for that for for those moments you know and I'm grateful that I had that escape you know but now having done a lot of the internal work and that's where peace inside out come you know really comes in mm -hmm. like I feel like I can experience dance in, in, in a whole other level, in a much, much deeper way. And I, I can even see how my dance has transformed and how mm. the, that confidence that you see and you're able to see through a, you know, through a even through a screen, right? Yeah. Um, like it, it took a lot of internal work 
right to mm -hmm. to get to that to that point and now i'm able to mm -hmm. see it myself like and and celebrate it too mm. Mm. melo <laughs> you have us going places <laughs> that's what you do melo that's what you do you transport us into beautiful beautiful places this has been part one of my conversation with melody gonzalez thank you so much for listening and stay tuned Shortly, we'll have part two of this beautiful conversation, and it only gets better. It gets more beautiful, and I hope to see you there. Much love. This is your host, Priscilla, and this is your podcast, Cositas by Wonder Keeper. Beauty your way, my friends. <laughs>